Chapter forty three of The Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter forty three The Masterful Masseuse my next quotations will suffer a process of abridgment i intend them to present the substance of three letters reduced as follows second extract weak as he may be mr philip dunboyne shows in his second letter that he can feel resentment and that he can express his feelings in replying to miss helena he protests against suspicions which he has not deserved that he does sometimes think of eunice he sees no reason to deny he is conscious of errors and misdeeds which traceable as they are to helena's irresistible fascinations may perhaps be considered rather his misfortune than his fault be that as it may he does indeed feel anxious to hear good accounts of eunice's health if this honest avowal excites her sister's jealousy he will be disappointed in helena for the first time his third letter shows that this exhibition of spirit has had its effect the imperious young lady regrets that she has hurt his feelings and is rewarded for the apology by receiving news of the most gratifying kind faithful philip has told his father that he is engaged to be married to miss helena gracedew daughter of the celebrated congregational preacher and so on and so on has mr dunboyne the elder expressed any objection to the young lady certainly not he knows nothing of the other engagement to eunice and he merely objects on principle to looking forward how do we know says the philosopher what accidents may happen or what doubts and hesitations may yet turn up i am not to burden my mind in this matter till i know that i must do it let me hear when she is ready to go to church and i will be ready with the settlements my compliments to miss and her papa and let us wait a little dearest helena isn't he funny the next letter has already been mentioned in this there occurs the first startling reference to mrs tenbruggen by name she is in london finding her way to lucrative celebrity by twisting turning and pinching the flesh of credulous persons afflicted with nervous disorders and she has already paid a few medical visits to old mr dunboyne he persists in poring over his books while mrs tenbruggen operates sometimes on his cramped right hand sometimes in the fear that his brain may have something to do with it on the back of his neck one of them frowns over her rubbing and the other frowns over his reading it would be delightfully ridiculous but for a drawback mr philip dunboyne's first impressions of mrs tenbruggen do not incline him to look at that lady from a humorous point of view helena's remarks follow as usual she has seen mrs tenbruggen's name on the address of a letter written by miss jillgall 
which is quite enough to condemn mrs tenbruggen as for philip himself she feels not quite sure of him even yet no more do i third extract the letter that follows must be permitted to speak for itself i have flown into a passion dearest helena and i am afraid i shall make you fly into a passion too blame mrs tenbruggen don't blame me on the first occasion when i found my father under the hands of the medical rubber she took no notice of me on the second occasion when she had been in daily attendance on him for a week at an exorbitant fee she said in the coolest manner who is this young gentleman my father laid down his book for a moment only don't interrupt me again ma'am the young gentleman is my son philip mrs tenbruggen eyed me with an appearance of interest which i was at a loss to account for i hate an impudent woman my visit came suddenly to an end the next time i saw my father he was alone i asked him how he got on with mrs tenbruggen as badly as possible it appeared she takes liberties with my neck she interrupts me in my reading and she does me no good i shall end philip in applying a medical rubbing to mrs tenbruggen a few days later i found the masterful masseuse torturing the poor old gentleman's muscles again she had the audacity to say to me well mr philip when are you going to marry miss eunice gracedew my father looked up eunice he repeated when my son told me he was engaged to miss gracedew he said helena philip what does this mean mrs tenbruggen was so obliging as to answer for me some mistake sir it's eunice he is engaged to i confess i forgot myself how the devil do you know that i burst out mrs tenbruggen ignored me and my language i am sorry to see sir that your son's education has been neglected he seems to be grossly ignorant of the laws of politeness never mind the laws of politeness says my father you appear to be better acquainted with my son's matrimonial prospects than he is himself how is that mrs tenbruggen favored him with another ready reply my authority is a letter addressed to me by a relative of mr gracedew my dear and intimate friend miss jillgall my father's keen eyes travelled backward and forward between his female surgeon and his son which am i to believe he inquired i am surprised at your asking the question i said mrs tenbruggen pointed to me look at mr philip sir and you will allow him one merit he is capable of showing it when he knows he has disgraced himself without intending it i am sure my father infuriated me he looked as if he believed her out came one of the smallest and strongest words in the english language before i could stop it mrs tenbruggen you lie the illustrious rubber dropped my father's hand she had been operating on him all the time and showed us that she could assert her dignity when circumstances called for the exertion 
either your son or i sir must leave the room which is it to be she met her match in my father walking quietly to the door he opened it for mrs tenbruggen with a low bow she stopped on her way out and delivered her parting words messrs dunboyne father and son i keep my temper and merely regard you as a couple of blackguards with that pretty assertion of her opinion she left us when we were alone there was but one course to take i made my confession it is impossible to tell you how my father received it for he sat down at his library table with his back to me the first thing he did was to ask me to help his memory did you say that the father of these girls was a parson yes a congregational minister what does the minister think of you i don't know sir find out that was all not another word could i extract from him i don't pretend to have discovered what he really has in his mind i only venture on a suggestion if there is any old friend in your town who has some influence over your father leave no means untried of getting that friend to say a kind word for us and then ask your father to write to mine this is as i see it our only chance there the letter ends helena's notes on it show that her pride is fiercely interested in securing philip as a husband her victory over poor eunice will as she plainly intimates be only complete when she is married to young dunboyne for the rest her desperate resolution to win her way to my good graces is sufficiently intelligible now my own impressions vary philip rather gains upon me he appears to have some capacity for feeling ashamed of himself on the other hand i regard the discovery of an intimate friendship existing between mrs tenbruggen and miss jillgall with the gloomiest views is this formidable masseuse likely to ply her trade in the country towns and is it possible that she may come to this town god forbid of the other letters in the collection i need take no special notice i returned the whole correspondence to helena and waited to hear from her the one recent event in mr gracedew's family worthy of record is of a melancholy nature after paying his visit to-day the doctor has left word that nobody but the nurse is to go near the minister this seems to indicate but too surely a change for the worse helena has been away all the evening at the girls school she left a little note informing me of her wishes i shall expect to be favored with your decision to-morrow morning in my housekeeping room at breakfast time the report of the poor minister was still discouraging i noticed that helena was absent from the table miss jillgall suspected that the cause was bad news from mr philip dunboyne arriving by that morning's post if you will excuse the use of strong language by a lady she said helena looked perfectly devilish when she opened the letter she rushed away and locked herself up in her own shabby room 
a serious obstacle as i suspect in the way of her marriage cheering isn't it as usual good selina expressed her sentiments without reserve i had to keep my appointment and the sooner helena gracedew and i understood each other the better i knocked at the door it was loudly unlocked and violently thrown open helena's temper had risen to boiling heat she stammered with rage when she spoke to me i mean to come to the point at once she said i am glad to hear it miss helena may i count on your influence to help me i want a positive answer i gave her what she wanted i said certainly not she took a crumpled letter from her pocket opened it and smoothed it out on the table with a blow of her open hand look at that she said i looked it was the letter addressed to mr dunboyne the elder which i had written for mr gracedew with the one object of preventing helena's marriage of course i can depend on you to tell me the truth she continued without fear or favor i answered you may depend on that the signature to the letter mr governor is written by my father but the letter itself is in a different hand do you by any chance recognize the writing i do whose writing is it mine End of chapter 43 Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois